show you how. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Build Your Own Funnel, the podcast where we inbound marketers teach you remodelers how to build your own marketing and sales funnel. On this podcast, we are never shy about diving into the weeds and giving concrete examples of campaigns that we've seen and run that have worked boosting sales for remodelers like yourself. I am your co-host, Malachi Price, Builder Funnel's inbound marketing consultant. And today, as always, I am joined by Builder Funnel president and co-host Danielle Russell and junior marketing consultant and DJ Matt Ehrlich. Oh my God! Today... <laughs> This is why I have to mute myself during the intros. Sorry, listeners. I, in case it's not obvious, we never know what Matt is going to do. So, yeah, it just always takes me by surprise. Today, we are talking about my top five pet peeves for remodeler marketing. And I'm stoked. We can get real into it. But before we hop into it, let's talk about what it is that we are drinking today. Danielle, what you got? Well, I have Bruh. water. Water. And if you listen to our most recent episode, uh, one of our recent episodes, excuse me, Matt, um, I have two water bottles on my desk. So mm-hmm. I'll have I'll have plenty for this rant. You can go as long as you want. Awesome. Matt, what are you drinking today? Uh, I also am drinking just a Poland Spring triple better, triple... Triple berry sparkling seltzer. I'm a big seltzer fan lately. Mm. I do love seltzer. Uh, I've been... This is one thing I want to rant about. These sunflower seed things. I I found that the... Yeah, it's a container full of sunflower seeds. I found that the most efficient way to eat these is actually just to drink them out of the cup. So that's what I'm drinking today. Yeah, I wish you guys can see the, like, disgusted looks on my my co-host's face. I just I don't understand the logistics. Like you put them in a water bottle or like you, a bottle and no then... no no. Do you want me to show you this sunflower seeds? Okay. <laughs> I feel so bad that everyone's gonna hear this. Viewer, I'm gonna give you a play by play. Mal's laughing. He's he's bringing it up to his mouth. He looks like he's in doing a drinking motion, but he's chewing. So the water is crunchy. It's sunflower seeds. That was delightful, but. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us some things that aren't delightful? Oh yeah, I've got a list. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's let's hop in. I got five. Okay. You ready for this? My first number one pet peeve, and I, by the way, in case you don't know what it is, I do at Builder Funnel. One of the things that I do is I basically I audit websites of of remodelers like yourself i audit at least one a week i would say and the thing that i see very often all too often is websites that don't have premium content campaigns now matt i'm gonna put you on the spot what is a premium content campaign can you explain it to the guys who don't know already uh premium content is just more in-depth then I guess like a standard blog post or something you could find on the website that usually gives uh, an in-depth look at a specific topic, whether it's like, I don't know, if it's cost, whether it's um, the processes, but it's usually gated behind a form or there's usually steps involved to get to that piece of content. Right. 
and I'm going to put a bookmark on the whole gated aspect of it. That's very important here. But basically, it's a piece of content that, unlike your blogs, it's more in-depth. Um, it's got more value to it. It's probably a downloadable PDF or maybe like a very in-depth page that is very informative. But the idea is that it's such a valuable piece of content for visitors to your website on topics like remodeling costs or how long does remodeling take or what is the remodeling process this kind of stuff that you probably want your people to know before they even talk to sales ideally so they can pre-qualify themselves a premium content campaign is one of those guides that is then gated behind a form that requires visitors to fill out the form and give them your information in order to access that piece of content so it's a fair trade. You're giving them a whole bunch of value in whatever that uh, piece of premium content is, and they are giving you their information so that you can kind of nurture drip them um, with, with some emails and follow-up, or even just as simple as having your salesperson re reach out to someone who just filled out the form recently. Um, the majority of sales that are lost are going to be lost, as Spencer tends to say, from you just not following up properly in the sales process. So what we want to do is have people give you their information in the premium content campaign so that you can then reach out and nurture them through your process and actually nurture your lead and turn them into a customer. So what I'm getting at is it's all too common that I don't see any of those at all. And what that means is, Danielle, if, if, if they don't have a piece of premium content, if they don't have any campaigns like that on their website, then what is the only form that they have on their website? Oh, well, hopefully they at least have this one, but the contact us form. Yes, exactly. Hopefully, holy cow, you have that <laughs> at least. Um, and that's great. You should have that. But my point is, if you only have that... <laughs> if you if you only have that then the only time that they're going to be giving you their information is when they're already so like they've already pre-qualified themselves so much that they're like yeah i'm ready to do this i know what i want to do i'm ready to talk to a person and people are shy especially on the internet so really we we want to kind of abridge that process that's a bottom of the funnel form more often than not and what i mean by that is that's toward the end of their buyer's journey so to speak that they're looking to actually talk to a human being at your company so meet them in the in the middle meet them at the middle of the funnel or even the top of the funnel with pieces of content that are a little bit more friendly to what it is that's actually on their mind if they're not sure what their project is going to look like yet stuff like how much is this going to cost how long is it going to take what is the process going to look like so that is why it's important to me that you have a premium content campaign on your website are we ready for pet peeve number two let's do it okay note how i said a bookmark on um gating your premium content part two is similar let's say that you do have premium content on your website great something that i see almost more often is that you have premium content on your website and it's not gated now here's Bruh. the thing as a visitor to a website 
I'm going to be honest with you. I would prefer to just be able to access whatever content without giving anyone my information. Like, obviously, that's how it works. Um, but as a marketer, I'm like, that's a huge miss, missed opportunity because you're, you're giving them all this value that it's enough value that they would be willing to trade you that information that will help you nurture them through your sales process. So again, you want to meet them halfway. You want to gate your premium content behind a form so that you're able to put them into your sales funnel as early as possible. And this is good for them too, because as, as soon as you enter them into that nurturing sequence, you can send them content like blogs that is valuable to what it is that's on their mind, what it is they're worried about when it comes to remodeling. And you can help them um, pre-qualify themselves and educate themselves. And they, I think, would actually quite appreciate that. So much so that they would be willing to give you their information in a form. Yeah. So that's why pet peeve number two is ungated premium content campaigns. Gate those. First of all, make them. Second of all, gate them. Are we ready for number three? I jump in because I wanted you to say both of those before I riff off of you, but it is so important. Those top two are so important because, I mean, for a million reasons, but imagine someone who is just doing some research. They land on your website one time, right? You got them to your site, which mm. is you've been working for this That's for so long and letting, yeah, this organic traffic you're bringing it you have the right keywords you know you got them to your site and they're like cool got all the information i leave and they're done they leave your site there's nothing that will remind them of you down right. the road if they have not filled out a form and you do not have their email address so that they cannot be in a nurture sequence like mel was mentioning so they find you once and that's it they're gone for good they're going to keep doing their research and they will not remember you. So, so important to make sure you snag that email address and make sure you're following up. Actually use it. Don't just hold on to it. Don't just write it on a whiteboard. Like, use that email address. <laughs> yes. Okay. That, by the way, I'm going to bookmark that whiteboard thing for <laughs> my fifth pet peeve of this video. I'm getting ahead I've, of myself. Quick fun story for the listeners also. Uh, we're getting really into using the phrase, I'm going to bookmark that because we are reading crucial conversations as a company. And that is one of the methods to make sure that you get back to something important, but you can, you know, you can be agile in your conversation skills. So well Let's done, Mel. <laughs> I'm going to put a bookmark in that. I'm going to put a bookmark on that. We'll talk about that later. Stick a fork in this. It's done. <laughs> Okay, number three, service areas. Okay, if you are getting upset that you're getting a bunch of leads who are unqualified because they're in service areas that you don't serve, there's a good chance it might be your fault. And here's why. Let's say that you work in, I'm just going to use New York. Say that you work in New York City. Okay, that's a big place. Um, if on your website you are listing yourself as a New York remodeler, New York City additions remodeler, etc., 
that is so vague that you are going to get a bunch of people from areas that you probably don't serve. So, for, for example, if you are a New York City remodeler, you probably work in just one of the boroughs. And all of the boroughs are so dense, there's a good chance you even work in a more specific part of just one borough. But let's say that you work in Queens, for example. If you work in Queens, you're a remodeler in Queens, but all across your website, it says New York City Remodeler. Um, you're going to get a bunch of leads from Brooklyn, the Bronx, etc. You get the point. Um, you want to be as specific as you possibly can. So this would be a matter of a, a couple things. Having keyword research that's centric on the locations that you serve. So keyword research, not just for New York City remodeling, but for Queens remodeling or more specific parts of Queens that Matt might know that I don't. Um, I live on Long Island, not I don't live in the city. <laughs> Queens is on the island. Anyway, whatever. Um, the point being, what was my point? I lost my train of thought. Be specific. Make sure you have service areas that clearly define where you work. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Um, and better yet, if you can, which of course you can, it's very easy to do, make a, an actual map of your service areas. Take just like a screenshot of Google Maps or something like that and outline the areas that you actually work in. Let your leads pre-qualify themselves. Um, don't be the person who's like, why are all these leads from places that I don't work in coming through our website? Well, that's up to you how they know that information. So give them a map on your homepage and probably on all of your core services pages and probably also your about page and your contact page. You get the point that will allow visitors of your website to see whether you work in their exact location. If you don't, they will scram, which is good for you and them because they're unqualified. And if they do, uh, then perfect. You have a qualified lead and you help okay. them qualify themselves. Are we ready for number four? I have a quick additional thought on this uh, service area information. You got to rank for it. Super important. Also, uh, just to go back to having the contact us form on your website, you could even further qualify your leads by having a drop down in your contact us form where mm. people have to select where they live and the only options are places that you serve. So mm -hmm. if you are getting unqualified leads, another way to make sure that the only people who are making it into your super tech savvy CRM are people who live in your area and they have to self-select, whether it's by zip code or by neighborhood. Yep. It, again, just to reiterate, it's ultimately up to you how many unqualified leads you are getting to your website. Now, relatedly, I put a bookmark earlier in the um, keyword research aspect of the locations that you work in. This is kind of a part two to the same pet peeve. But number four is vague location-based keyword research. We're getting more specific here. So again, we'll use the same example. If you were working in New York City, we're not just talking about putting a service area map on your website for the more specific location or borough or whatever that you work in. You also want to have your keyword research on your website signal this. 
Now, just real quickly, when I talk about keyword research, I am talking about key phrases that people type into Google or whatever other search engine when they're looking for, for your website or websites like yourself, if they're looking for a remodeler, let's say. Um, and if they are looking up New York City remodeling, um, you're competing with a whole bunch of other people that are also putting in New York City remodeling because it's a vague and easy keyword to find. However, your keyword research, say that you were working in Queens, like the earlier example, should be indicative of Queens specifically. We should find Queens remodeling keywords. We should have keywords related to remodeling in Queens put across your website. Just having it on your service area module is, is not enough. You want to have it spread throughout your content. And you can even talk about Queens. You can uh, have top of the funnel blogs based around uh, top best dining experiences in Queens or golf clubs in Queens or whatever other things you think would be relevant to uh, the clientele that you are looking for. But the point being, don't just have, we work in New York City on your website. Talk about where, not just in the service map that you should have, but also throughout your content. Are we ready for pet peeve number five? Just to piggyback off of that, though, something we see often, it varies based on area, the what keywords you're going to find. In some scenarios, it might only be those major metropolitan areas you can find keywords for, even if you're mm -hmm. trying to find keywords for a smaller area. I'm seeing it right now with a client based in Indiana. Like, you get a lot of Indianapolis and, like, some of the major areas around it, but then the smaller ones, it's more difficult to find. So it may not be you. It might just be it's very difficult to rank for a town of like 2000 people. So just always remember that. Yeah, exactly. I guess the, the point being have your keyword, have your location based keywords be as specific as you can find them. If you can't find something as specific as Queens remodeling, for example, which I doubt that's definitely still too vague. Um, then use whatever the next most general thing is. Um, yeah. Odds are you're not going to find keyword research for a small rural town in the middle of nowhere. You probably want to use whatever the larger area is, but be as specific as you can. Number five, Excel-based CRMs. Oh, geez. How do, uh, let's take it from the top here. Um, we talked earlier about how one time I was on a call with a client getting to know them, and I asked them what their CRM was, and they pointed to a whiteboard behind them on the wall. The next step to this is having an Excel-based CRM, which is where you put all of your leads in CRM, and you have a bunch of really complicated equations to calculate ROI or what chance of winning the lead, that kind of stuff. Um, you're giving yourself too much work. Like, what are we doing here? Let's get a CRM. Let's get an actual CRM, something that's designed to do all this thing, something that automatically does all of the things that you're creating these complex equations to do. So there, um, 
I won't be too specific because I don't want to offend anyone, but I went to a, a technology conference for remodelers once where there was a talk about how how to best optimize your Excel spreadsheet as a CRM. And this person was showing us around the, uh, the Excel spreadsheet. And don't get me wrong, it was an incredible spreadsheet. Like it had color coding, it had a bunch of complex equations, it had multiple tabs from multiple years, et cetera, et cetera. I could tell that this person worked really, really hard on this Excel spreadsheet and that it was probably doing most of the job that they needed it to do. But here's the thing, that, that th there's a sunk cost fallacy at play here. You put a lot of work into that Excel spreadsheet and it's beautiful and it works really well, but it still would be so much easier for you if you just had a software that does all of those complex equations and, and tasks automatically. Um, your Excel spreadsheet is only going to get more complicated over time. That's just the, by virtue of having a business, particularly a business that is growing or optimizing itself in any way, it's only going to get more complicated. Do yourself a huge favor. Get an actual CRM. You can get a CRM for free that you can use. Um, but please, nice. for the love of gosh, get a CRM. You guys have any thoughts about this? That's wild that that was at a construction technology a tech conference. conference and they're yeah. like, look, we're going to take it back to the Stone Ages. We're <laughs> throwing it back to 1972, an Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Wild. Imagine, uh, imagine, imagine going to like a new car conference and someone's like, check this out. And they unveil like a Model T. Like 2004 Whoa! Honda Civic with the like, silver paint, and they're like, "This bad boy breaks down once in a while." It's funny. So this is so off topic, but I'm uh, believe it or not, listener, uh, listeners, we had a challenge for ourselves to mention something in this episode, and I'm going to be able to tie it in right now. Uh, it's funny because like we have moved from episodic television to like this binge culture where you can watch an entire season of a show on Netflix in one sitting, right? And now uh, it's like the youths think it's so cool that all of a sudden they're, the shows that they used to be able to binge are now episodic. And they're like, oh, I can watch Whoa. The Last of Us every Sunday night at 9 p.m. And it's just funny because old things are everything is just in cycles. Fashion goes in cycles, technology goes in cycles. And now we're like back to episodic television and like season premieres actually like being a thing again. And just funny how just that to works. Be clear though, um, episodic television is back in style as it once was. Excel-based CRMs are still, they're not back in style. They are actually not, never going to be. Not in style. Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. Thanks for clarifying. Of, of course. Yeah. Glad we got to bring nice The Last shot. of Us into this episode. Very important I did stuff. It. Yeah, that was, the, that was Danny's free space on the bingo card, so I think she won. Episode Ooh. number three, best episode yet. Episode number eight is a close runner-up for me. That's just my take. Haven't seen it yet. Very good. Okay. Let's talk about the foundation. We have something at Builder Funnel that can resolve 
all of the pet peeves mentioned, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even a bunch of pet peeves that we have not mentioned. That's the whole intention behind this thing. Danielle, you want to tell us about the foundation? <gasps> I do. Uh, when you're picturing the foundation of your business, where does it live? It lives online. Your website should be your top performing salesperson. It can work for you 24 seven. And the best part of a website is that it is reliable. It loads quickly. It ranks for the keywords you want to bring people in, such as service area information. It contains gated content so that people will fill out forms so that they will convert into leads. Then you can continue to nurture them in your super tech savvy CRM that it comes with this website. And once people are in your CRM, they will receive Uh, nurture sequence and drip emails so that they continue to learn about you as they move their way through their buyer journey. And then one day, they all of a sudden decide they are ready to buy from you. They come back to your website, they see all of your stunning photography and the pages load quickly. It has all the right keywords. Can you imagine the perfect website? That is what we are trying to create here at Builder Funnel with the foundation. So if you are looking for a website that actually ranks for the right keywords, brings in qualified traffic, converts that traffic into qualified leads and helps you grow your business, give us a call. Don't call us. Actually, we never answer our phones. Please email us. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. Wait, Matt, can you play that can you play that music again real quick? Yeah. Um let me just get the volume reset up. Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> I have too many leads and I have to put them in all uh, Okay, I'm I'm done. Why with do you sound like <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with so many leads? I can't just have too many leads. Jerry oh, wait no. George What okay, is anyway. the deal with all these leads? Alright, so uh, we're gonna okay. get copyright claimed on this one, but that's fine. <laughs> we don't sell anything, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> Alright. We have descended into chaos. That for me is the marker that it is time to end the episode. Matt, can you cue the end music? Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to my top five pet peeves for Remodeler Marketing. I have more. Let us know if you want to hear them. In the meantime, if you really enjoy the show, refer it to a friend. And we'll see you on the next one.